Vintage Radio. Radio now presents Always the Sea, a Poetry Roundup special. This is the second part of a programme that was originally broadcast on the 16th of September 2020. Roundup with me, Kemal Horton, and we have a guest poet in the studio today, so it's a big welcome to Mike Penny. Hello, Mike. Hello, everybody. And uh, so it's good to have Mike on board again, and today we are going to present Always the Sea, because Mike has a collection of sea poetry he's put together, um, which is some of which are still being worked on and some of which are brand new and, uh, and, <laughs> and some ancient ones as well amongst them. Well, the majority were written in the 1980s at a, a period when I was writing about the sea. Right. And um, the other week, I, I'd, I'd forgotten about them because it was years ago. I went into an art gallery in Chester, one of these pop-up art galleries, um, which is in at the top of Bridge Street, and I... Uh, I met an artist called Sue Walsh and she paints on the theme of the sea in watercolour and oils. And we had a lovely chat and um, I presented her with the poems just to read for her own pleasure. And um, yes, and uh, it, it resurrected them for me. And um, Sue's work's on, at the moment, it's on display in this gallery. That so where is it again? It's, up, it's near the cross in Chester at the top of Bridge Street, number four Bridge Street, actually. Uh, right. It won't be there always, it's only temporary. So it's a case of go and have a look while you can. Yes. But that's what inspired today's programme, because we found lots of poems from uh, our own archive. But first of all, first of all, we will start with some music. Here is the London Philharmonic Orchestra with Mendelssohn's Fingal's Cave.
That was Mendelssohn's Fingal's Cave, as I'm sure most of you recognised. You're listening to Poetry Roundup on Vintage Radio, and we are presenting Always the Sea, and today's guest poet is Mike Penny. And here he is with another sea poem. I wrote this poem in the early 1990s. I don't know exactly when, but it was around about that period. Do not gaze out, and it, it never received much reaction over the years because there is a message in it, and, and so my girlfriend, Samantha. Hello, Samantha, she's listening in now. Hi. Uh, and she thinks the world of this poem, uh, mainly with this message, so at least it finally got a reaction. So there's a message in it, and it's called Do Not Gaze Out. Do not look towards the coast, while space is awake to take the mind. Safe in these narrow streets and cobble walks by lofty walls, where the eyes cannot glimpse the vast expanse. Sit inside till day has done, shield your soul. Great wastes are stretching beyond your door. Horizons that have no end would swallow your soul into the whole. Stay close to where the buildings loom, smell not the rain that gathers from the sea. Rumours of a large outside would dwarf our puny lives, bottled in confines. Keep the cafes and department stores. Do not gaze up where clouds wing out. Keep to the clock that speaks of nine to five. Better the hours we understand, in bounds that thought can safely grasp. Prefer more the doldrums and factory fence, an unlucky spree in a bingo arcade. Wait for the weekend for sports and TV. Close hard the mind to the stars and the sky. So keep safe within your humble role. Stretch not the hidden wings that thirst for space. Beware the siren calling by the shoreline. Her whispered songs like ice may beckon you. <laughs> yes, irony. Not everybody gets irony, do they? <laughs> and they think, that's a very strange poem. He's telling me not to go and do all the things that are fun. <laughs> well, a lot of th- a lot of people do walk around um, blinkers. You know, they, they, they haven't, the minds haven't expanded. Uh, artists and poets, we, we know what that is all about. And well, it's a message, yeah. Or maybe we don't know what it's all about, and that's why we keep having to write about it and paint it and <laughs> try and explore it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good subject for discussion. And I think that's one of the things about the sea and why there's so much about the sea. Is it's always got this mystery about it. Even people who work on the sea and know the sea back to front, it still retains some mystery, which beckons to us all. It does, and it's worth going to Chester to see Sue Walsh's paintings in the the gallery in, in Bridge Street. It's worth going to see them, because right. they're beautiful. Right, it's time for another Chester poet, and a Chester poet that's performed with me and Mike when we go out as On Your Wick. Here's Maureen Weldon. Ship, where do you go to in the middle of the night? Do you break your moorings when the moon is bright? Sail on golden clouds to the woman in white. Do you peep through the windows where sleeping children lie? 
see a tortoiseshell kitten open one green eye? When you pass a billion stars, do you hear sweet wind bells sing? It is the queen of night searching for her wedding ring. If you voyage through shadowy churchyards, do you hear a steeple knell? See five witches pounding, dancing round their magic spell. Do you pass through wispy mists in the first rays of dawn? Slide through the open window before the day is born. Yes, Maureen Weldon with Ship. And uh, Mike, you have another poem for us. Uh, a poem called Sea Haven, written years ago in the early 80s, um, when I first went to Cromer on my own. Um, had a little holiday out there. Sea Haven. The sea's long heave to my soul's pulse. Where waves carve time from my sanguine life. And the breath from my bones is the salt from the calm of the first blind star. Here my thoughts bleed, where pebbles are deep thoughts, and home is a blur of horizons lost. Storms roll where gulls fleck the wind, white shadows on the foam of sleep, and shells gape with mouths in thirst for the stinging surf. Westward, the sun reclines. I view the last wings of a sail, far in pearl light, timeless as the star that guides my oar. Yes. Well, we couldn't have a programme about the sea without uh, something about what goes wrong on the sea and shipwrecks. Here is uh, Seth Lakeman with with a Solomon Brown. Oh 
tossed them overboard to a watery grave. The courage it was called. Twelve young children cried for their fathers killed. A nation shed tears for years as the news went round. The constant courage of our Solomon Brown. The courage of a skull. Yes, that was Seth Lakeman with the uh, story of the Solomon Brown, which was the Cornish lifeboat that was lost in the 1980s uh, with, with all hands. The lifeboat crews and the, the RNLI do a, a fantastic job. And uh, we're lucky to have one of our regular poets um, is involved with the Hoylake, well, he's the chair of the Hoylake lifeboat. And he is also a retired river pilot, which gives him a lot of insight into into today's chosen subject. So here is John Curry with East a Half South. I wrote the, the titled poem of my book East a Half South, and I compare the port uh, with the garden that's growing. East a half south. It's a compass course, which quite simply uh, was the old course from Point Linus to the Bar Lightship, the approach to Liverpool, before variation changed it. So it, it's about 095 degrees true, but east a half south. Sun rising over flower beds, which harbour springtime bulbs, in berths where ships once lay. Daffodils sound silent fanfares, whilst out on the river, fog sirens and ships' bells herald early dawn mists. What cargoes will these stems bear? Only language reminiscent of the straight stems which once bore down on Liverpool. Passengers for New York bade farewell to the Mersey Bar, looked westwards to Sandy Hook, and ground which would nourish transplanted transatlantic roots. Canadian Pacific, Booker's Prize, Cunard White Star, blooms now faded into autumns of past summers. May the new buds burst and blossom, swelling on the flood of a rising tide. May Liverpool, long a haven in a storm, find peace within this bower and flourishing may both port and garden grow that was john curry with east a half south which is also the title of his biographical book um, about his time as a river pilot 
which is absolutely fascinating. If you're at all interested in the river and what goes on behind the scenes on the river, can you have behind the scenes on the river, but um, what goes on and what, what goes into the port and how it all works. Absolutely fascinating book. Lots of insights in there. So I, I can <coughs> highly recommend it. Next we have another poem from our guest poet, Mike Penny. It's a brand new poem. Um, Camel said to me, have you got anything on the subject of shipwrecks that I hadn't? So last Thursday morning, in the hula, I had a cup of coffee and I wrote this. Shipwreck. The sea's grey shadow entombs a remnant, enclosed down time's blurred spectre. <clears throat> Deep where chasms growl, old timbers groan, concealed encrusted bones, where crab and fish prevail, through barnacled port side and prow. Gazing on from ages past, socketless eyes recall a life above the waves. Their sweethearts waiting still in phantom ports. Their shapes dissolve, slowly fade to dreams as aeons rattle by. Mm, thank you, Mike. And uh, a poem, hot off the press. Eh? It is. Right. Here is David Subaki. This is a poem from my first poetry collection, First Cut, which is uh, published two years ago. It's called Big Ships Still Sink. I saw them once in Naples, those giant cruise liners, lined up along the harbour wall, each like a multi-tiered cake at an expensive wedding party. Not my kind of ships. More like office blocks in busy city centres, or hotels in the Middle East with luxury swimming pools. Someone said the passengers didn't always come ashore. I mean, why would they want to? They've got everything they need. Their sheer size made them look invincible. Surely no ocean could be deep enough to cover them with water. So today, with pictures of Costa Concordia leaning at 20 degrees, I said a prayer for those who died and remembered that big ships still sink in deep or shallow seas. October, we sailed from New England shore When we sailed into a raging storm Like I've never ever seen before And all of the crew, they were brave men The captain, he was braver He said, never mind the shipmate boys There's none of us here can save her let her go down Swim for your lives Swim for your children Swim for your wives And let her go down Just let her go down Last in the open ocean There was some of the crew and me while our captain steered our wounded ship To the bottom of an angry sea With his dying breath we all heard him say To the fortunes of a sailor He said never mind 
the ship mate boys there's none of us here can save her let her go down swim for lives swim for your children swim for your wives and let her go down just let her go down Shipmates were ready to give into the sea. So I called their names out one by one. There was no one else around but me. I saw the ship go down in the fading light. I knew we could have saved her. The captain lied when the captain cried. There's none of us here can save her. for your wives and let her go down let her go down swim for lives swim for your children swim for your wives and let her go down just let her go down just let her go down just let her go down. Yes, that was the Weight Collective with Let Her Go Down. And the Weight Collective are regulars at first Thursday in Lingham's Bookshop when we're able to be regular ourselves. And we look forward to a time when we can get back into the Lingham's uh, reading our poetry and celebrating as we normally do and having the Weight Collective to listen to. All wonderful stuff when we can do it. And before that we had David Subaki with his poem Big Ships Still Sink. <coughs> and now, Mike, you're going to take us back to the wilds of the northern very northern points of the British Isles mainland. Um Balnakeel. Uh ooh, a, a beach uh, uh, one day I wish to return to but whether or well or not I don't know. It's so wild there. <laughs> and this is a part of the trilogy, the second. In Sutherland is the actual county, which actually means Southlands, which is a contradiction. But it was the Norse um, invaders who came from a northerly point down to uh, a southerly point. Uh, and that's why they thought it was a Southland, when it's really it's, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's the north. Well, it all depends where you're standing. Yeah. <laughs> One man's ceiling is another man's floor. Yeah. So, um, Balancale 2. There roars a beach beyond the wild north. And further northward, yes, further than the urban goal may reach. Unguessed leagues of dunes and shifting lights would blur all thoughts away to isolation. Incessant pounds this tide, thunderous white resounding. No constrictions here, no restraints the cage of the mind, no walls or close confines. Boundless skies would wash the soul to salt and naked bone, consumed into the vastness. Ah, yes. 
Yes, I love that poem. I always have done from <laughs> when you first read it all those years ago. Well, let's go up there, can we? Yes. Love yes. to go up there, yeah. Ah, and you have another one, the third one in the sequence. Yes, I wrote this a few years later because I, I started it and I found it difficult to complete. Uh, so I, I, I shelved it and then one day I went back to it and finished this off. Balakiel 3, the last of the trilogy, Edge of Nothing. At the utter salt breach of the wind's cracked breath, where dreams fracture at the final cleft, I brewed the steep day. And the gushing seas thrust where shale flakes to sand and waves boil to thunder at life's blistered edge, I churn the surf swell. On the tide surging pull where thought foams to brine and vision peels to shingle along the shore's chisel curve, I drive the storm's rage. Farewell, Plymouth, your morning cold and grey is painted in shadows on my thoughts, and we're bound for nowhere.
was uh, Manfred Mann's Earth Band from their 1976 album The Roaring Silence and that was the Mike Heron song Singing the Dolphin Through I have another poem from myself and uh, this is Grey Seals at Hilbury This ebb and flow floats us from our sandbanked sleep and so we drift, still dreaming in the lee of the island. We watch for passing fish and the swollen tails of men. Men who worked in the ebb and flow, who farmed the scrap of soil, or put out into the waves, the rough waves, from the lifeboat's stone-laid slip, and the lives they saved and the ways they made, all of it lifetimes ago. We sink into the sea and dream these tales of long ago. Tales of long ago and stories from ages past. Here is Eleanor Rees. So this is the first attempt at a ballad that I, I've, I've written and it's, it's not a, a traditional ballad as such, you'll be able to see. And it's a remaking of the idea of the selkie, so the story of the, the seal that comes out of the sea and becomes human. So this poem is called Seal Skin. Sun shifts through the clouds' broken shade, a red fox flits like a bee. She runs as fast as the east wind blows from the motorway to the sea. In the house at the edge of town, her family keeps within A girl's shape in a leaded jar, the memory of her skin Her body forms from shifting sun, cloud water becomes a lake As she runs like wild earth turns, leaves from the spring bud ache 
And she runs without her skin, a glimpse from a passing train, a shimmering ghost in fading dawn through the bracken by the lane. She pounds the frantic carriageway like a hunted deer, weaves amongst the cut of cars, yet only he can see her. Her body forms from shifting sun, cloud water becomes a lake. As she runs like wild earth turns, leaves from the spring bud ache. And he knows where this will end, turns the key in the car engine lock, glances again, breathes in and out, the horizon is in his look. And she runs like the wind is full in the sails of a tilting boat, calling to the land as she goes, new buds make me a coat. And calling to the land as she runs, clouds give me your grey spaces, like a sky before the thunder sticks to my open spaces. And calling to the land as she runs, soil in the tractor's furrow, give me your warm damp earth, your grainy dark tomorrows. A field rises like a swarm of flies, till drenched in mineral brown, throws dry earth over her bare shoulder, she is strata like a mountain. Her body forms from shifting sun, cloud water becomes a lake, as she runs like wild earth turns, leaves from the spring bud ache. He turns the car into the single track, which leads towards the gate. A no-entry sign swings in the rain, a gull perches, quietly waits. In the oilseed crop she runs like time, and on through the silent yard. Fattened pigs all kept in lines, hens held in soundproofed barns. He stands on the muddy track as she comes, mesh of leaf and soil, rain heavy as the ocean floor, her belly bulbous as a seal. And blubbery and flecked with grey, his skin a soft furry sheen. He holds her in his arms and sighs, you run like you can swim. Across flat fields pours the sky, sea escaped from a bulging coast. Culverts swell till they burst like stars, and the two seals are submerged. Their bodies shift with changing tides, and strong-born waves begin. They swim like wild earth dives, as salt crystals encrust new skin. Um, again, some of the Neruda influence again about nature and the sea. It's called The Mermaid's Dream, and it's my vision of um, one of his poems about a mermaid coming ashore and what she encounters. Um, I love the sea, I was born by the sea, and I love being near the sea, and... Um, this is about the mermaid and life on earth as she finds it. Her dreams were turquoise, tangled seaweed, foam-filled, moulded mollusks upon rusting treasure, salty secrets beneath opaque eyes. Her dreams were dangerous, promising hidden depths in treacherous waters. Seagull symphonies encouraging whale song. Her dreams were mine before I forgot the sea, walked on land, felt the longing of indigo waters. 
That was Michelle Wright with her poem The Mermaid's Dream. And before that we heard Eleanor Reese with Sealskin. My, you've got um, a poem about creatures from the sea or similar it's creatures. It's actually called Siren and it was written in the late 1980s and it's a Baudelairean pantom. In other words, lines repeat. It's quite a skill actually to write and I think you've attempted it yourself, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And it rhymes. And, and it's not, I don't very really often rhyme, but this particular poem does rhyme. And I do enjoy it when I, 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 I achieve a rhyming poem. Siren. She waits there on some wild shore of night. A shape alone who knows the hidden storm. Whose hair and breath evoke the stars unborn and paints the diamond gull in distant flight. A shape alone who knows the hidden storm, she rolls the waves with heaven's dreamy light.
So, Mike, that was your poem, Siren. uh, It was never written as a song, but I did pass the lyrics to Steve Byrne, a local artist who lives in the Wrexham area, in 1999. And he came up with that, and it's his vocals you can hear. Um, Ian Mills on it's either viola or violin, and Ken Whitelaw on... um, Mandolin. Mandolin, yes. And it's worked really well. Uh, it's a pity Steve's not around to sing, keep on singing it. But at least we've got the recording. Yes. Yes, I've heard him doing it live. And I think as the song developed, he, he got uh, really into the vibe of it. I was... When you um, said you were going to do Siren, I was looking for a... In fact, I was looking for a copy of it even before you said you were going to do it. But I haven't got a copy of... Uh, I found it in the end, uh, eventually. It was on the, on the cassette tape. Yes. And I, I must have recorded it from onto onto on onto a CD from the cassette. I, I, I think that's what I did. Right, and do you have another poem? Right, yeah. It's, um, often it's called. Often, by the trembling wave, where the crash of surf clears the mind, I sense the solace more distant than the eyes could gaze. Horizons blurred by molten cold, clouds lava grey of ash and stone, and pebbles by my toes are nearby friends, where foam spun by salt pales on the wind. Crab and shell are lonely jewels, carved into time by the vibrant pool, as a slow day impales the sallow rising moon. Yes. Well, Caroline Wilson has uh, written another poem about swimming, and uh, this one she read when she was our guest um, the, in October of 2018. And uh, so here she is with her poem, Swimming. This poem's actually about what the marvellous summer we've had and the fact that Camel and I actually managed to swim in the sea four times we did. in the UK. And I can't ever remember um, swimming that much in any one summer. And it's actually called Swimming. And again, Camel hasn't heard this one yet. The water's enticing. Tentative first steps. Bracing yourself as the icy cold grabs your ankles. To plunge or not to plunge. Always a dilemma as the chill reaches knees, then thighs, then what the hell. You throw yourself in. The shock quickly followed by exhilaration and just a little smugness. You're in! Swimming now, first breaststroke, then the crawl, and then best of all, lying on your back, floating, gazing, at total blueness above, as the sounds from the beach recede and you reach that perfect place. Peace. Yes. Well, I think we've swum rather more than that now this year. Uh, eight or nine times in the past few weeks. Um, having quite a time of it. She's something of a water baby, my wife. Loves being in the water. 
And this uh, next poem from me of the waves is about another water baby. She tugs and pulls for the sea, Labradors into it, Burley's shoes and socks off. Stripping is done as we paddle, but she is already waist deep and away, rolling in the breakers, ducking under the waves, brine spattering her chin. She eels through my fingers with a will, inevitable as the tide itself. You are too little, I warn, with a voice lost to the vastness of the horizon that calls her. She laughs, wild as the waves. Mike, uh, you have a, do you want to introduce this next song? Yeah, it wasn't actually written as a song, not a poem. I've never read it as a poem. And it's... Um, a friend of mine who I haven't seen for years, um, Dave Lewis, David Lewis, was that was he had the talent of composing wonderful music on the guitar, and he composed this piece. And I just saw it as a sea, as a as as to do with the sea. And I I added the words to the melody, and uh, it was recorded in 1988, I think, round about that time. Um, so uh, Chris Lee recorded it from uh, a folk singer, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the vocals on, on this particular right. one. And it's called You and I. Yes. To me, I need your 
Penny with you and I. Mike Penny is sat opposite me now with a couple more poems. Yeah, um, way back in the 80s, Philip Higson, who used to be the uh, president of the Chester Poets, passed me a um, painting by Benny McGreat from the Collective Invention, and it's a mermaid in reverse. And I thought, what am I going to... Am I going to be able to write anything um, on this particular painting? And I did, and this is what I wrote. The sea has beached a strange life There in the soft-born light Upon the sand's washed page There lies, side turned and lithe A single weight of fish and woman form Yet still, as may be dead Tired after the storm She sleeps as waves curl on Yet glares through fish's eyes and fish's head but with legs of pearl and human flesh, she steals my mind on mystic tides. With heart and fingers warm, I reach to touch, but fear enchantment's web and no return. Yes, quite a scurry thing when you have a mermaid in reverse with the fish's head and the woman's legs. <laughs> I think he did it deliberately to create something disturbing. Yes. Um, and not a lot of people liked the painting when, I, when it was produced uh, at the um, Chester Poets. But, but I, like, I, I love my Magritte's um, humour, though. Yeah. Trains coming out of fireplaces and that kind <laughs> of thing. Write your final poem, Mike. Right. Uh, it's called When the Sea. I think I wrote it in the 80s. I haven't got a date on it. When the sea rolls her cold pearls, pale as the blue wild and rising stars. When the shore bleeds her hordes of shells, peeled as a wash moon and polished sands. When the fresh surf boils and the jewel gold coils against the sun. 
and the sleet turned swiss beyond the dunes. Pour then that sealed vase that guards the silent wine. Unmist the waves that whisper, unveil the flame that heals. When the sea yields a foaming miles, roar of the stark rocks and stinging brine. When the sky uncloaks a vault of light, clear as the dawn's eye and spinning heights. When the white salt burns and the tide's breath murmurs on the breeze. And the lone seal dwindles for the haze. Fall then, that sacred hour that folds the balm of sleep. And cloud the depths that shimmer, and shroud the bliss of peace. Mm, yes, we've had a fair bit about peacefulness of the sea, as well as storms <laughs> and shipwrecks today. It's got many yes. personalities. Yes, and that's why there's so much there that we can write about. Yeah. My final poem from uh, of the sea for today is. Making for high water. Light shafts onto pools beneath the dappled sky. People string across the sand, knotted into small groups. They chat, explore, anticipate at the estuary's wild expanse. Egrets search the gullies while oyster catchers and curlews gather at the encroaching fringe of waves. Grey seals now poke through the water in the island's eastward shelter, and all the time the rising as it all turns into sea. Well, it is now time for us to say our goodbyes um, and we will see you soon. Uh, so it's goodbye from me, Kemal Horton. And goodbye from me, Mike Penny. Thank you for listening in. And don't forget, for, for more information about this show, you can always contact me through my website. That's Kemal Horton, K-E-M-A-L-H-O-U-G-H-T-O-N. And I will be happy to hear from you and pass on any information that you should want.